0: If we could turn back to the chapter that we read together in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 13. Matthew 13. And I'd like us to take for our text this evening the words that we have in verses 45 and 46. The parable of the pearl of great value. Matthew 13, verse 45 Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'd like to begin this evening by asking you all a question. That question is, what is it in life that you value most? What is it in your life that if you 're being honest with yourself, you simply cannot live without? This might be one thing it might be a number of things, but what is it that you feel that if it wasn't in your life somehow your life wouldn't be what it is it's true to say that we all have legitimate things in our life that we that we enjoy legitimate things in our life that that we even rely on day after day and tonight in the parable that we have before us we see a man who who comes to value something Greater than anything else in his life. Here we have the parable of the pearl of great value. Or as some of you might know it, the parable of the pearl of great price. And as you'll probably know, parables were earthly stories that Jesus told in order to convey a, a deeper spiritual meaning. These weren't stories that were always easy to understand. Sometimes we think that, that parables were nice little stories that Jesus told so that all his hearers could could understand what he was saying, but not so. Because time and time again we, we see those who are listening to the parables asking Jesus what do you mean? We saw that with the parable of the sword and the seeds. As soon as uh, the parable had been spoken, he goes on to explain what this parable meant. Why was it then that Jesus chose to speak in parables? If it wasn't to to, to make these spiritual truths easy, as it were, what what was the reason? Well, we read in, in verse 34, All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. And then we see Jesus quoting the words from Psalm 78, verse 2. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. And so, yes, Jesus did speak in parables to, to convey these deep and meaningful spiritual truths, but he did so so that ultimately Scripture would be fulfilled. And the parable that we have before us tonight forms part of a, of a few parables spoken in this chapter where, where Jesus is telling what the kingdom of God or, or the kingdom of heaven, when he's telling what that is is like. Within these parables, each parable, we see different ways in which people come to secure, if you like, a place in that heavenly kingdom for themselves. So for a short time this evening, I'd, I'd like us to, to look at this short parable, this parable of just two verses, uh, the parable of the pearl of great price, and I'd like us to to think about how it applies to us. We're going to firstly consider the merchant that is spoken of here and how, how this is a merchant who searches, a merchant who seeks. And then we'll think about this merchant who not only seeks, but he's a merchant who finds. And then lastly, we'll consider this, this merchant who, yes, seeks and finds, but also a merchant that finally surrenders all Searching, finding, surrendering. We read in verse 45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Here was a man who had a a definitive objective in his life, a a man whose, whose desire was to find these pearls. Being a merchant, no doubt, he would have travelled far and wide, he, he would have attended many markets in, in search of 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 pearls. He would have no doubt gone to any length in order to, to lay hold of these precious gems. I don't know if anyone in here is wearing pearls tonight. I, I don't know an awful lot about pearls, but but I'm led to believe that they, they vary hugely in price. You can get pearl earrings that that go from 10 pounds right up to tens of thousands of pounds. Why is this? Why is there such a vast difference between pearls? Well, again, I'm led to believe there are different kinds of pearls. There are freshwater pearls and there are saltwater pearls. Freshwater pearls, they account for around 95% of the market. And I believe the, the pearls, they, they grow in oysters or mussels or clams. And I, I believe that freshwater, a freshwater mussel can, can produce between 30 and 50 pearls at a time. Needless to say, because they are so abundant, these freshwater pearls, they, they don't command such a high price. Not so with saltwater pearls, because they account for only 5% of the market and and they're, not surprisingly, they're only found in one in every 10,000 wild oysters. And so, of course, their scarcity reflects their price. These are the pearls that would no doubt cost thousands and tens of thousands of pounds. Nowadays, of course, it's, it's a lot easier for pearls to be accessed with all the, the various diving equipment that's available but when this parable was spoken by Jesus, it would have been a very different story. Although it's dangerous even now, back then, accessing these pearls would, would have been perilous. It would have been life-threatening. And because of this, that their value went up. They were valued more than, than any stone, any, any jewel, any, any diamond. It was said that Lolila Paulina, who around about AD thirty seven was the wife of the Roman Emperor Caligula, it said that she had pearls all round her head, all round her neck, and her ears and on her fingers. It said that she was wearing her inheritance. And so these pearls they were reserved only for the rich. Throughout Scripture, we see other references to pearls, which again highlight their value. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus he, he warns his disciples not to throw pearls before swine. In other words, not to give holy things to those who, like pigs, will do nothing but trample them underfoot. While in Revelation, pearls are used symbolically in order to to illustrate the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. We read there that the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. So here in this parable, we see that this this merchant is searching for something of the greatest of value. But he's not just searching for pearls. We read that he's searching for fine pearls. He's not searching for fresh water pearls. He's searching for salt water pearls, for the the greatest, the the best pearls available. It's true to say that as a merchant, he would no doubt have seen and, and dealt with many types of pearls in his time. But yet he wanted more. Although he had perhaps thought he had seen every type of pearl there was, he wanted finer pearls. He wanted greater pearls, and he he simply wouldn't give up until he found them. You know, friends, in this merchant we have in a measure a picture of, no doubt, many people who are gathered here tonight, you too are like this merchant and you are found trading in the market square of life. Throughout your life, no doubt you and me with you, we have all accumulated many pearls. We have no doubt got a, a horde of pearls in the form of, of a variety of different experiences the things that happened in our life that we were looking forward to. Things in our life that, that gave us pleasure. Things that gave us joy. Or perhaps you have hoarded up a variety of pearls in the form of, of material possessions. You've got that, that brand new house that you always aspired to have. You've got the finest car that money can buy. You've got... Uh, Food in abundance and clothes to wear—nothing are you lacking in all these things? That there is absolutely nothing wrong with them; they are all great blessings. But still, I wonder, as a merchant here tonight, are you looking for more? Do you find yourself strangely dissatisfied with? with that heap of pearls that you've accumulated in your life. It may be that your character displays many pearls. It may be that your character display the, the pearls of honesty and of kindness and of love, of loving even your neighbor as yourself. But yet although you're possessor of all these pearls, you still feel that something is missing? I wonder if I'm speaking to you tonight. You see, as well as saltwater and freshwater pearls, we have another type of pearl, and that is the, the counterfeit pearl, the fake pearl, if you like. Basically, these are nothing more than than glass beads that that are dipped into a solution that is made from fish scales. And when this glass bead is dipped in this solution and it's taken out, it looks like the real deal. It's beautiful to look at. It's got that lovely color that a pearl has. That's what happens when we hoard up the pearls in our life. At first they're gleaming at first they're attractive at at first we we enjoy looking at them we enjoy having them but what happens after a while to these fake pearls well after a while that thin coating it begins to flake It begins to chip off, it begins to to fade away until after a while it no longer looks like a pearl. After a while it loses all its beauty and perceived value. Isn't that what happens to the pearls that we so often find ourselves trading in in the market square of life? Before long they fade And when they fade, we're left looking just like this merchant for finer pearls. Well, friends, I would love to think that that's why you have come here this evening. That you have come here this evening looking for finer pearls. That you come to that realization that what you have really counts for nothing. And that you are looking for more. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was even one soul in here tonight who, like this merchant, has come here this evening searching for these finer pearls? Well, if you are, I urge you never, ever to give up. This merchant didn't give up. And Jesus tells us in Matthew never to give up. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door and it will be opened to you. You see, this merchant, he didn't set up a shop and he didn't put up a sign saying that he was willing to buy pearls for cash. He wasn't waiting for people to come by his shop and and to sell him pearls. No. He went out looking for these pearls. He made it his business to go out and not to return until he found them. Jesus tells us to ask, to seek, to knock. Dear friends, we're not to merely tap on that door gently. We're to thump on that door day day. After day after day, and not give up until it is opened to us, until we see that finest of pearls on the other side. I wonder if you tonight are searching for the pearl of great price. The merchant searched, and secondly, the merchant found. As I said, he'd been searching everywhere for fine pearls and he knew, he just knew that there was more to what he already had. He knew that he hadn't quite found previously what he was looking for. Then we read that he found. And you know, when he found, he, he found that although he was perhaps for a time content with what he had. When he found this pearl, we read again the the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value, when he found this one pearl, he knew that he had something that was greater than ever before, and boy, was he right. You see, we read that he was looking for pearls, plural. He was looking for more than one pearl, and so it is with you and I in life. Often we're looking for things in our life to, to give our life that direction we're searching after, but when this merchant found, he didn't find lots of, of pearls that he perceived to be of great value. No, he found one pearl, just one. And this one pearl, it, it was far, far greater. Why? Because this was a pearl that was unlike any pearl he had ever seen in his life. A pearl that was greater than all the other pearls put together. A pearl that was more valuable than any other pearl that he had ever, ever seen. At this point, we need to remember that this is indeed a parable. This is an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. We read in our text that the, the, the kingdom of God is like a merchant in search of fine pearls found one pearl of great price. The kingdom of God is like, we read. Now what is it that makes the kingdom of God the kingdom of God? What is it that makes the kingdom of God so desirable? Is it the physical beauty of the place that was referred to earlier in Revelation symbolically when it spoke of the gates uh, made of pearls and so on? Or is it the angels that are there? Or is it even our loved ones, the saints who have gone before us? Is that what makes heaven heaven for us? Well, as precious as all these things are, and as much as all these things do contribute to, to the kingdom of heaven, there is so much more. What is it that makes the kingdom of God The kingdom of God, well surely it's the king of that kingdom. King Jesus, he is the pearl of great price. Without him, heaven wouldn't be heaven. The kingdom of God wouldn't be the kingdom of God. It is only through him and in him that we can ever hope to to get a place in that kingdom. And so surely the spiritual message here has to be that that in the same way this merchant searched and then found, we too, when we seek after Christ, we will find him. And in finding him, we will secure a place in that kingdom. And when we do, he he will exceed all of our expectations He will will be greater to us than than anything else in our life. You know, it's interesting that the Lord chose to use parables in order to teach this spiritual lesson. Of course, we mustn't read too much into parables. They all have one uh, main point. But I can't help but think that the God who, who... who spoke this parable, it's the same God who created these pearls. The same God who who knew how these pearls were formed. And he is the God who chose to use a pearl in this parable. Why? Well, it's interesting to see how how pearls are formed. Of course, nowadays we we get farmed pearls, pearls that are, are produced en masse, but when this parable was was spoken, the the pearls were formed naturally, and the way they were formed was was a little parasite. Some people say it's sand, and perhaps that's with with farmed pearls. But a little parasite in these natural pearls would get into the pearl, and the pearl, into the oyster rather, and the oyster would would become distressed and. As a form of defending itself, in a defense mechanism, the oyster or the clam or the mussel would produce this fluid. And this fluid would go around the parasite. And layers upon layer upon layer, thousands of layers would go around this parasite over several years until eventually you would have this beautiful pearl. And yet I couldn't help when I, when I read about that, seeing a, a similarity to the pearl of great price, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it true that it's because this parasite of sin has entered the world in the heart of man? Isn't it true that, that this pearl of great price, that he was conceived and that, that he, was, he was born into this world, why so that the parasite of death would be would be swallowed up and and covered by layer upon layer of the love of the lord jesus christ and you know the pearl is of no worth to anyone in its shell in the bottom of the sea or at the bottom of a loch it's no use there in the darkness where no one can see and appreciate it and so it was with with the pearl of great price. We all know that that he died that cursed death on a cross, that he took upon himself the punishment that was due to his people, that he had that fellowship, that communion with his Father broken, so that you and I, if we put our trust in him, might have eternal life. But as he died, he was cast into a tomb. He was cast into a grave, and he lay in that grave not forever, but for three days he he lay in that grave, and had he. Had he stayed in that grave, had the pearl of great price stayed in the darkness of that tomb, he would have been of absolutely no value to you or to me. For tonight we worship a living God. We praise God that he didn't remain there. We praise God that tonight his grave is empty. And as it is empty, he is tonight at the right hand of the Father in heaven. he is interceding on behalf of all of his people, in all of his glory, and all of his splendor. Friends, that is why he is the pearl of great price. That is why he is of greater value than any of the counterfeit pearls of this world this, these pearls that are day by day conning you into thinking that they are the most important thing in the world we've all been there but not so with the pearl of great price he is the altogether lovely one he is the chiefest among ten thousand he died so that you and I might live. Friends, isn't it worth having that pearl for ourselves? Don't you tonight as you sit here want it if you don't already have him? The merchant could see its value. We know that because we read that when he, when he found that one pearl of great price, he, he went and sold all that he had and, and bought it. The merchant's eyes had been opened so that, so that he, could, he could see the true value of this pearl and, and under no circumstances did he want to, to lose it. His commitment was such that, we read, he sold every single thing that he had. He sold every pearl that he had accumulated. He sold all his worldly possessions so that he could have this one pearl he surrenders which brings us briefly to our final point it's important at this point to to make sure that we understand what this parable is not saying we could so easily become confused by by what we perceive it to be saying it is in no way saying that That in order for you and for I to to, to gain a place in the kingdom of God, that first of all, we are are to sell all that we have. That first of all, we are to to give up all our worldly possessions. It's not saying that. That that would fly in the face of all that that scripture says. That would would fly in the face of the whole of the gospel message. Isaiah 55, 1 tells us, Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Without price. And in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, we read that, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God and not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This pearl, friends, is a gift from God. God gave his son freely as a ransom for many. And that is what makes Christianity so different to every single other faith. In so many other faiths, to, to, to get uh, right with, with the God of that faith, if you like, you you have to earn your way. You have to do good works. You have to to keep the laws of that faith. And time and time again, you find people who are oppressed and who are unable to, to meet that mark. Not so with Christianity. Because salvation has already been bought for us, it has been bought by the one who has fulfilled that law perfectly. A law that that you and I could never keep, it has been secured for us by that that currency of the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, as He as He shed His blood on Calvary's hill. So what then is it referring to when it when it talks of the merchant selling all that he has? Well, as I said. Before, Parables are not always easy to interpret, and, and often they have one meaning, one one um, purpose in their telling and So I feel that, that the point here surely is that that after the merchant found this pearl and, and he saw, his, saw its value, it was only after he found its, he saw its value that he decided to go and sell all that. He had. He didn't sell all that he had and then go out and search for the pearl. He found this pearl. He saw this pearl. He laid his eyes upon its beauty and then he saw it was worth selling everything for. And you know, friends, when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes so that we can see the beauty of the pearl of great price, it's true to say that that we are willing to do absolutely anything to ensure that we don't lose him. How often have you heard in testimonies people saying that, that when they were converted, they were worried that one day they would wake up and it was gone. Why? Because it's so precious. Christ is so precious. And when we have him, we never ever want to let him. Him go again. We see that he is he's far more valuable than anything that we have had in our life. No doubt this merchant's friends and family they would have perhaps thought that this man was completely out of his mind to to give up everything for this one pearl. They would have thought that that he was making a wrong life decision, that his life was going to be adversely affected by, by selling his worldly possessions for this one pearl. But he didn't. He didn't care. Why? Because it was worth it. And you know, you might be worried tonight that if You surrender all by following Christ. You might be worrying that if you come to see Christ as your own personal pearl of great price, that having to give up everything in your life, your life will be over. Well, friends, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's worth giving up. And I can testify to this, as can so many people in here. Of course, there are many good things in our lives that we don't need to give up, things that are not sinful, things that are not getting in between us and our Saviour, blessings from God. That's not what I'm saying. But there are those counterfeit pearls, these fake pearls that, that have held us back, that when we come to see the value of Christ we have no greater pleasure or joy than to cast them aside, never hopefully to see them again. The 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon, when preaching this parable, he he called his sermon a great bargain. And you know, friends, you must never ever think that you will be hard done by if you come to know Christ for yourself. You must never ever think that somehow you will be short-changed, that somehow you won't be living life to the full. If you were to ask any Christian in here tonight if, if they were willing to trade, if they were willing to trade what they have in Christ and go back to their old life, If you were to ask any Christian in here who is walking in the right place with the Lord, do they desire these fake pearls again? They would say no. Absolutely not. Yes, they're attractive from time to time. Yes, we saw beauty in them. Yes, we had pleasure in them at that time. There is no denying that. But would we go back? No. Why would we go back after tasting something that is so, so sweet? Why would we go back and taste something that is, yes, sweet at first, but is so bitter afterwards? Of course, as Christians, it is possible for us to, to lose sight of the preciousness of this pearl. It's possible for us instead of wearing this pearl for all around to see, wearing this pearl so that we can admire it ourselves, it's possible that instead of of wearing Christ lovingly on our sleeve that, that we have this pearl of great price locked away in a drawer. Friends, when Christ is not central to our lives, when he, he's not central to who we are and what we do, when we, when we lock him away in a closed Bible and, instead of, of having him open to admire, we soon forget. We soon forget his beauty. We soon forget how precious he is we soon forget that indeed he is worth more than anything this world can offer and yes we can backslide but friends we can never ever lose him isn't that an encouragement to us tonight i know this can be challenging at times. I know as we find ourselves in a secular world, a world that is so opposed to the truth of the gospel, it's so easy to shrink from from standing up on the side of Christ. But yet surely he is worth it. Surely we should see in him the love that has redeemed us, and that in response we should forget what lies behind, that we should strain forward, as the Apostle Paul says, to what lies ahead, that that we should press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Because what a prize that is. And friends, if we have somehow lost her way in the Christian walk. That pearl has grown strangely dim in your experience. You seek him afresh. You seek him because he is to be found. You seek that prize because what a prize it is. Yes, we are called to to daily pick up our cross and deny ourselves. But what we get in return is, is so much greater. He does for us far exceedingly above and beyond what we can ask or ever think. And if you're not a Christian here tonight, don't just take my word for that. Don't just take the word of every other Christian. You find out for yourself while there's still time because it's true. And so let me return to the question I asked at the beginning of the sermon. What do you value most in life? Is it really worth valuing so much? Is it really worth forfeiting your soul for? Friends, Christ is not calling you tonight to spiritual poverty. He is not calling you to a life of want or spiritual destitution. But as a dear old elder said, who is finding this out in all fullness for himself tonight in glory. In Christ, we are truly multi-millionaires. Isn't that a wonderful thought? And so my prayer is that, you would find this pearl of great price as it is to be found tonight, as he is to be found tonight here in the gospel. And if you can't see him, if you can't yet see the beauty in this pearl, if you're blinded by the pearls of this world, you, you come and you pray, you fall before him tonight and you say, open my eyes, Lord Have mercy on me, a sinner. And you know, the one who promises to those who come to him, he will in no wise cast out. I guarantee you, in his time, he will fulfill his promise so that you too can say that he is the pearl of great price. May it be so. For your good and above all else for his glory. Amen. Well, we'll conclude our time of worship now by singing to God's praise from the Scottish Psalter in Psalm 65. Psalm 65 on page 297. Praise waits for thee in Zion, Lord, to thee vows paid shall be, O thou that hearer art of prayer. All flesh shall come to thee. We can sing down to the double, verse marked four, to God's praise. Praise waits for thee in Zion, Lord. To thee, thou's paid shall be.
1: Praise, wait.
0: part one from another. We pray that indeed thy word would not part with us and that we would each and every one of us truly be satisfied with thy abundant grace. Lead us and guide us now and forgive us for all our many sins, we pray in the precious name of Christ.